Welcome to Day 8 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. I'm Paul Kemp here with David Keefe, Matt Kresge, and Katie Kresge. Uh, this season we've entitled The Drama of Scripture. Last season we read through uh, the entire New Testament. Uh, this season we're going through select passages from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, which carry the narrative line of Scripture. If you'd like to get a copy of our reading plan, you can go to our website, christ-church.com, and download a, a hard copy there. Or you can get our app, which is CC512, and the reading plan on the app will take you day by day through the readings we're doing on Shape by the Word. So we have 260 selects, new readings from Old Testament and New Testament, and we'll give you the narrative. We started with Genesis 1 last week, and of course, Scripture starts in the beautiful place where God creates a space where we can know love and fellowship with Him and serve Him. And you hear the constant refrain that God saw all that he made, and it was good. It was very good. And then you experience in Genesis chapter 3, the fall, and the next few chapters, uh, Genesis 3 through Genesis 11, get really you know kind of yucky as you see the inclination or the downward inclination of man. And, and God describes his heart as uh, inclined to only evil all the time. And that doesn't mean that man is as bad as it could possibly be, but it means every area of our life is infected by sin. And so we come to the crown of uh, the fall, and we come to uh, God's judgment through an act of decreation. When God creates, he separates water from water in order to provide a space for us to know love and to serve him. Uh, when he judges, the waters come back in and deluge the earth uh, in an act of judgment. So we left uh, Noah. Uh, on Friday, so we pick up back in chapter 7 today. But before we uh, read chapter 7 and continue with the narrative, Katie, why don't you lift us up with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this moment that um, we find ourselves in, and um, thank you for your presence with us. As we read, um, would you just enlighten our hearts um, to what you have for us to learn, for um, how you want to to reveal yourself to us, Lord, um, as we learn more about Noah and um, your judgment at this point in time. Um, would you just teach us, and would we be humbled by it? Would we be encouraged by it um, and transformed by your Spirit into the likeness of your Son um, as we see just a shadow of um, of our Savior in Jesus? So um, <clears throat> thank you for this passage. Thank you for... Um, this moment you have for us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Genesis chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I'll wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I've made. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came on the earth, and Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds, and all the creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded Noah. And after the seven days, the floodwaters came on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day, 
All the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens were opened, and rain fell on the earth forty days and forty nights. On that very day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, together with his wife and the wives of his three sons, entered the ark. They had with them every wild animal according to its kind, all livestock according to their kind, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, everything with wings. Pairs of all creatures that have the breath of life in them came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals going in were male and female of every living thing, as God had commanded Noah. Noah, then the Lord shut him in. For forty days the flood kept coming on the earth, and as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth, and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The water rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than fifteen cubics. Every living creature, every living thing that moved on the land perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth, and all mankind. Everything on the dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. People and animals and the creatures that move along the ground and the birds were wiped out from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. Waters flooded the earth for about 150 days. Uh, not a very cheerful chapter no. all the way through. You, know, you see not only the impact of man's sin on humanity, but you see the man's uh, impact of man's sin on all creation. And as he was given creation to stewardship, now creation is judged along with him. Mm-hmm. And so you have an account, and uh, the interesting thing about this account is uh, the attention to detail and the mm-hmm. attention to you know, timing, 600 year. 17th day of the second month on that very day. Pretty precise. Yeah, you have a you It's know, almost a like nice, Luke wrote it. Yeah, you have a nice throw to it. When you read this passage, um, other than just wincing, you know, at the judgment of God and the completion of that judgment, what are some of the things that stand out as you look at the passage? I just think, um, just looking at it as a whole, it's a beautiful picture of, yes, the judgment of God, but also the mercy of God at the same time. Um, so I just... I think it's um, important to note that in the midst of all of this death and this judgment, there is God saving for himself, you know, the um, these animals and these people to start over. And then there's a coming promise, um, but we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. So. <laughs> it looks like we already did. I, no, there is, you know, there, always, there always is. And of course, the New Testament, Peter will hold that out as an example of what has happened to us in Christ. God preserved a remnant and mm-hmm. you're going to see this kind of you know throughout all of creation the remnant or the sacred line you know that is being preserved it's not all of humanity and of course when we see the horrors of judgment uh, we, we always see the horror of our sin mm-hmm. especially when we see the horror of judgment on the cross and we realize both the great love of god in rescuing uh, many but also the mm-hmm. just nature of god and punishing sin and so it's hard for us to see you know the whole world being judged but god is uh, the righteous king uh, must in order to uh, live up to his character judge sin and at the same mm-hmm. time preserve and then even when we have the words you know at the beginning of this you know blameless in your generation we we realize that to, you know noah is not without sin but he has a heart for God and a devotion to God that, you know, God, like he will later do for Abraham, credits to him as, as righteousness or blamelessness. Mm. You know, we see when we meet Noah, 
you know, that he is described as that one who finds favor in the Lord's eyes. He's a righteous man who walks faithfully with the Lord. And then the, you know, the author shows us, you see it in 622, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And then that's kind of a refrain that happens throughout this chapter, that verse 5, and Noah did all the Lord commanded him. You know, Noah entered the ark as God commanded Noah. And you keep seeing that as God commanded Noah. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. Noah not only is walking in obedience to what God has called him to do, but everything is is coming about just as God said it would come about. So you see the the sovereignty of God, but also, you know, what we're called to do. And it really, you're watching this contrast where, you know, Adam and Eve failed to do what God commanded them to do in the garden. Noah begins to do, you know, he's mm-hmm. obeying and showing us what righteousness looks like. And that's going to be one of those themes that we follow throughout Genesis and the rest of Scripture is, will, God, will God's people obey him, you know, and do what he has called them to do. And, and it'd be hard <clears throat> to imagine a greater act of faith oh, I know, than right. to build this, you know, <laughs> yeah. for, for God you to, do to, tell you, to tell you what's coming and then you for to look around and say, I don't see a cloud in the sky. Mm-hmm. And to begin, you know, this long process in front of friends and neighbors of building this ark of suffering, ridicule, uh, trusting God and ultimately believing in his provision. And you're so right that uh, Adam and Eve didn't trust God to lead them into what is right and good, and, and Noah does, and there is a strong contrast. And so a strong picture of faith here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that is beyond. A lot of times we, you know, we live in a very comfortable place and we label that, you know, faith. Uh, this is an incredible call in a person's life that, you know, opens him up to ridicule, opens him up, you know, to complete rearranging of his life and his plan and opens him up to complete trust. And, of course, that is a, a fantastic picture of faith in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And even as Katie mentioned a little bit at the start, you know, we do even in this story begin seeing glimpses of of Christ that in, in a world full of sin and rebellion and, and evil and chaos that God graciously provides a way out for, for Abraham and or for, for Noah mm-hmm. and and his family and in the same way in the middle of all the sin of our world we've graciously been provided a way out in in christ jesus to mm-hmm. to escape the judgment of god and so even those little glimpses we saw some of that in, you know, in genesis 3 with that promise that one day the serpent's head will be crushed and yeah. beginning here you even see these more little looks pointing us yeah. towards christ it's so fun to see as we look at the narrative and if we look at peter's letter that noah you know preached to the people of his generation and of course they were offered mm-hmm. the opportunity to trust god and believe and, and did not yeah um one of the commentaries i read noted that god only speaks to these reading commentaries i kind of have to say no just kidding but um but yeah that he the commentary noted that um, God speaks only to Noah. It never says that God spoke to Noah's sons or his or their wives or anything. So Noah is that representative um, to these people, to his family, um, of God's word and um, and the obedient. Like Matt said, he's he is obeying everything that God has him do, and which is what David was saying. Just such a a, a shadow um, of what was to come. And w- what we would continue to see in Abraham and Moses and all of these people throughout Scripture who represented God to the people and um, were obedient. And of course, we mentioned it a little bit, and you know, a little bit in the introduction that uh, when you see God creating, part of the, what He does is He goes into you know a world that is tohu vavohu, it's empty and without form, and He separates mm-hmm. uh, dry land from seas, water above from water below. And you see, you know, the waters represent in the ancient world 
and certainly in the mind of you know in the mind of uh, the Hebrews, you know, the chaos uh, of, of of a world that does not have God's order in it, and, and so this entire event is a an act of decreation, and the world's chaos being reintroduced into the world uh, because of the sin of man and because of the judgment of God. And of course, that's where chaos comes you know, from our life as well, mm-hmm. because we are fallen creatures living in a fallen world. And we've not only been alienated from God by our sin, but alienated from each other and from creation as a whole. And so when you hear that nice little note, uh, you know, in Romans chapter 8, where Paul tells us all of creation is waiting for God's final work with us because creation itself uh, will be renewed and will be redeemed. I know we've talked a a lot, like this chapter displays the, the judgment of God, but the mercy of God as well. And even, you know, as David was alluding to this provision of God, where God provides, you know, this ark for, for Noah. And Noah, you know, by faith builds this ark. But I love the note uh, at the end of 16 where it says, then the Lord shut him in. Mm-hmm. You know, that there, you almost, and, and not reading too much into what he's, what the phrase is saying here, but, you know, Noah goes about, he builds this ark. And, and then when, when the time comes for God to execute his judgment, there's this shutting in, this securing of mm-hmm. Noah and his family and the right. promises wrapped Absolutely. up in it, you know, that, that they will pass through this judgment. And uh, you don't see you know, Noah rounding up all the animals, but the Lord coming bringing to them, them yeah. and coming to them as well. So this is, you know, largely we try to find, you know, naturalistic, you know, explanations for this. And we go out in our backyards and build arcs just to make sure they'll hold all of our pets and all of our animals and things like that and and this is a this is a work of god you know supernatural from beginning to end his revealing what he's done in creation in his in his provision Mm -hmm. so it's not just simply the work of noah and avoiding judgment it's the work of god and providing in the middle of his judgment a way of rescue and a way of hope and of course that's a good foreshadow of that Matt, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you um, for for the reminder as as we read Genesis seven, um, not only of what happened in uh, long ago, but but also what's occurred in in Christ Jesus and in our salvation. That Father, you have um, have made a way, made a provision for us to to pass through the waters of judgment and experience salvation. And so, Father, we thank you for. Um, the work of Christ. We thank you for the reminder of our salvation in him. Uh, Would you anchor us in it um, this day and this week? Uh, Father, we thank you for Genesis chapter 7, the reminder that um, in the midst of of your justice, um, you make provisions. And and so, Father, um, would we set our eyes on Jesus? Would we be encouraged by this? Um, Remind us of Um, of your goodness and your grace. And at the same time, Father, convict us of our sin. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.